It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. And now here's today's special guest, Joseph Mockler. So, Hebrews, if you guys have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 11. So, I don't have like a sermon of five, three points and all that, um, but we're just going to go through a lot of scripture, and I'm going to give some thoughts on it. Um, Brandon was teaching, oh, what was that, Brandon, two or three months ago, and he was teaching, like he went through, what did you go through, the whole book of First Peter and a Daily Thunder? And I'm like, oh, you actually don't have to have a whole sermon planned out, and that actually works. <laughs> um, and then Eric told me afterwards, like, yeah, you know, it can be like, it doesn't have to be long, it can be 20 minutes. Like, okay, great, that takes the pressure off. So we'll see if maybe it'll only be 20 minutes. I don't think so. But um, just an encouragement, as, we, as we're going to read through a lot of Scripture, allow just the truth of Scripture to speak to you and allow Lord, the Lord to take, take that word. So Hebrews 11 is where we're going to be. Um, I was studying through Hebrews, oh, a month or two ago. And I love Hebrews. It's so awesome. And I'm in James, and I love James. But Hebrews is so neat of just like what we get compared to what they had in the Old Testament. So, Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were made not of things which are visible. Interesting, right? We understand that the worlds were framed by faith. That it's something that we actually have to, by faith, believe that God did. I can't understand it. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and though, and through it, he being dead still speaks. I, I was reading this morning, and that um, brought something to my memory. My grandmother, um, she died, oh, I don't know, seven years ago? Um, and grandma grew up with, with us um, for the last, like, 13 years of her life. So I wouldn't know much of life without grandma in, ho- in our home. So when she died, it was like one of the family died because she was always with us. But it was the Mother's Day afterward, um, after she had died, Everybody was people getting up and just saying what, what their moms meant to them and what their moms had done in their lives. And my dad got up, and dad's like, well, even though mom's dead, and he read this verse, he's like, though being dead still speaks. And it's so true. I'm like, and that's what I want to be, like, able, like my grandmother, like, yeah, even though I'm dead, that the truth of my life still speaks. Um, so verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he died not, so that he did not see death, and was found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'd love to talk about that, but that there's so much in that, that God is and that he's rewarder 
of those who diligently seek him. Um, but we're gone. So verse 7. By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place where he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Guys, have we counted him faithful who has promised in our lives? I hope we have. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars in the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Sarah had an impossibility. But God had promised, and she counted him faithful for what he had promised. Like, that's a test of my own soul. Like, oh, boy, because there's things that I need God to do, but I, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. It is, but it's not like, it's not that, right? Something as good as dead, having children. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said, In Isaac your sheed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, for which he also received him a figurative, in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he, com when he became of age, refused to, be refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. 
by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down when they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth, and also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might attain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. All of these obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. You know how many times there it mentions the promise, the promise, or receiving a promise? And I was thinking, what is the promise? All these obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. And earlier it says, all these died in faith, not having received the promise. Not having received the promise. They did all these things without the promise. Well, if you turn to Acts 1. Verse 4 says this, And being assembled together, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he, which he said, You have heard of me, for John shall be baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he goes on, talks about it more. And then in the next chapter, chapter 2, Verse 29. He says, Men and brethren, I think this is just, I think it's Peter speaking. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn to him an oath to, to him, 
that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on the throne. He foreseen this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. That is, this this Jesus, God, has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into heavens, but he says of him, he says himself, My the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord your God will call. The promise, the promise. And I think all these people in the Old Testament did all these things not receiving the promise, not receiving the Holy Spirit yet. And you know, going through Hebrews, Hebrews are just like, guys, you have it so much better. We have it so much better. It's so much better. It's so much better. It's so much better. And I look at that, read that list, and we call it, you know, the Hall of Faith list. They didn't even have the Holy Spirit indwelling in them. And they did all of those things. You know, um, First Peter First Peter one verse ten says, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which angels desire to look into. So Peter's like, these prophets prophesied, seen something. They didn't see it fully, but they're like, something is coming. Something's coming that's better. It's like, you know, you see Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel prophesying of something that's coming. David, they didn't fully see, but they knew something was coming so different. Even in Joel, and um, in, in that passage, um, that portion in uh, Acts, 
Peter quotes Joel, but in Joel chapter 2, it says, And it will come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my flesh on my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also on my manservants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Guys, we get that. The things that the prophets prophesied for thousands of years, and the children of God, they were, they were waiting, anticipation for this king to come, and they knew something would change. They didn't know fully what was going to happen. And that's why it was such a, an expectation when, when a Hebrew girl was going to have a baby, because it's like, this might be the Messiah who is coming. And there was such a longing and expectation from them, from the prophet. And Peter says, the, the angels desire to look into what we have today. That what we have is so incredible that the angels is like, oh man, like, like what, what is that? Looking into what we have. And I think all of that, that, that chapter that we just read through, they did all these things without that. And how much more are we responsible that we have his spirit living inside us? You know, they did all those things by faith, by faith, by faith. And we still do the same thing, by faith, by faith, by faith. By faith, relying upon the Spirit of God in us. If they didn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling them. Yes, the, the Holy Spirit was still present at that time, but it wasn't indwelling them like it does us today. Totally, all the time. We get to have the Spirit of God within us. I think so many times we take that as something for granted in life. It's like, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit lives within me. No, the Holy Spirit lives within you? Like, do you know what that is? It's not just a, oh, the Holy Spirit. Like, the living God who, who created the world has chosen to indwell you and me. It's not just a little thing that the Almighty God would come in and dwell inside men. And what are we doing with that? What am I doing with that? You know, I think if I was, if, 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 if uh, a summary of my life could be added to Hebrews 11, like, oh yeah, he was born in a country town in America, lived an easy life, went to church every week, tithed once a week. Um, oh, he even went to this little Bible school out in Colorado and served there for a little bit. By faith, he did all those things. You know, I'd be like, what's that, right? But I don't want that. Like, not that we need to do great things, but our lives should be marked by a stark difference. You know, I was thinking, it should be like Moses, where it says of Moses that he he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. We have so many passing pleasures of sin knocking at our door today here in America. There are so many things to distract us. But are we going to say yes to that and enjoy that and say, I'll enjoy that and I'll also have God in my life. That God can have, you know, 
this little portion, but the rest I gotta do everything else quick. Or we're gonna say, no, like I'm gonna lay aside all that and be counted with Christ. And guys, like, I just think. You've been here for, some of you, 12 weeks, some of you, two weeks, or three weeks, and some of you, eight weeks. Are you going to go out and go back home and be like, ooh, I know it. I spent all this time at Ellerslie. I had, uh, what are we in? What is this called? This last practicum. Ministry? What what are we calling this? Ministry preparedness. Like, I had three weeks of training. I'm ready to go. (laughs) That's a joke, right? Thank you. You're taking a step into that. But you could forget all that. And if you found out the realities of what the Spirit wants to do in and through you, like that's if, if, if you get that, that He wants to empower you to, to work through you, like you're set. Well, you're not set, but that's a huge piece. Okay. Let's go on. So, chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily ensnare us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest any of you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed, having striving against sin. Guys, don't grow weary. Like Jesus, he's like, Jesus set his, his, his eyes on the prize, on the goal when he was on earth. He's like, in that same manner that Jesus set his eyes on that, so you are called to set your eyes on the prize. And don't become weary or discouraged. And he talks here about the chasing of the Lord. We're going to skip that and go down to verse 12. He says, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. Pursue peace with all people, and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble, and by this many become defiled lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. For you have not come to the the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire, 
and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it should be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he is promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, that the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Our God is still a consuming fire today. You know, he's like, he talks of the Old Testament that no one could even touch the mountain. And if, uh, if an animal even touched it, they'd kill the animal because of the holiness of God. And that same God who came down and indwelt that mountain now comes down and indwells you and I. And how much more responsible are we than the children of Israel? And how shall we escape who they didn't have the spirit within them. They had a symbol of it. Or they, had, they, they, had, they saw the presence of God afar off. But we don't just get to see it. We get to have it indwell us. I think I said, we are so responsible for what we have that we're going to stand before God one day and say, okay, what did you do with my spirit? If these men and women did all these things in the Old Testament without the spirit of God indwelling them, how much more are we responsible for him indwelling us? And are we laying aside every sin and any weight that would beset us, that would hinder us from running? When someone runs, I'm not a runner, but I know when people run, they get rid of everything that would hinder them. They don't carry a backpack just for fun so they can run well. It's going it's to hinder them. They're going to lose the race. They get rid of everything that would possibly hinder them, and they set their eyes on the goal, and they run hard after that. And that's what the writer of Hebrews says. Get rid of anything that's hindering you. There's social media hindering you. Get rid of it. 
If there's sports that's hindering you, get rid of it. Like, we're not going to look at eternity, five minutes into eternity, think, you know what, I wish I would have spent more time playing basketball. I love playing basketball. But I won't. But I might regret, man, I wish I had given more of that up. I'm not saying basketball is wrong or social media is wrong or sports are wrong. Those can be used well. But are they hindering us from what the Lord is calling us into? And guys, like we... The Lord's just so done a work in my life in the past year of what I get with the Holy Spirit in me and indwelling and empowering me. And I've seen as my life has just so changed that as change from, okay, I can do it all, I can do this, 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 and this, to yes, I still have to do all those things. But I was, it, I, I was coming to the perspective of, oh, I need to do all these things, work as hard as I can, and God will just bless that, and that'll be great, and that's it. As opposed to being, no, no, I can't do it. I can't change anybody's lives. I can't touch people. So God, you got to do it. And to be, come to the point where what I'm doing is not flowing out of a duty to do A, B, C, and D, but it's a delight of, oh man, hey, I get to do A, B, C, and D. And through that, then, God, your spirit can come and work and move in that and to be led of his spirit throughout the day. And you know, it's not that we need to... I think so many times we, we can look at men and women in the faith and be like, oh, man, I want to be like them. I want to be the George Mueller. I want to be the Elizabeth Elliot or the Jim Elliot. And we want, we want to be seen, in a sense, and do something great. But God has not necessarily called us to greatness. He's called us to being faithful. And so when you guys go home, start with being faithful. Be faithful at home. Be faithful with duties you've been given. Be faithful in your church to serve in your church. Maybe it'll start with cleaning the toilets. Shoveling the parking lot, helping someone out of the car, and and maybe and that'll increase. But if you can't be faithful in the little mundane things, you can't be faithful in other things. That's why Paul gives the qualifications for an elder in a church is hey, if he can't rule his his own home well, and is that that's not in order, how in the world can he think that he can rule the household of or lead the household of God well? Rules a bad word. Lead. And the same way in your life, if you can't lead, if you're not responsible with just the little things, if I'm not responsible with little things, then I'm not qualified to, to be faithful with spiritual things. You know, if I'm not, if I wasn't faithful being a volunteer here, Ellerslie would not have given me the position they did if I was unfaithful. And I need to grow in my faithfulness, and I need to be better. But yet, there's a principle, guys. Go back and be faithful, and start with the small things. Be faithful there, and the Lord will increase that. As you're unfaithful, he will give you more. And it doesn't take much to change, to change this generation. 
but it does take faithfulness. You know, Paul told Timothy to impart these things to faithful men who will impart them to others. So find people that are faithful and disciple them. Grow them up. I haven't done the math on this, but I've been told by Dan. <laughs> so if it's wrong, it's on him. <laughs> but he was telling me this, that if you take one, stay, say Jace started. Okay, say Jace was a disciple today. He won me to the Lord. And he discipled me for one year, poured into me everything he knew. And then both of us, after that, that year, the end of the year, went out and won another disciple. And we both poured in to that, those two people for the whole year and discipled them, brought them up. At the end of that, those two years, the four of us all went out and did the same thing. Okay, see where I'm going? So every year, your numbers are doubling. In 33 years, you would, I haven't done the math on this, but I'm told this right. What is it, Brandon? It's 8 billion people, I think, right? Yeah. In 33 years, so the life of Jesus, one generation, 8 billion people, which is more than the population of the world. But it's simple. It's just being faithful. But are we faithful? Are we faithful with the gospel he's entrusted to us? Are we faithful with the spirit that he's given to us. He's given us so much that we can go out. We don't have to worry about what the world thinks, about the world throws at us. Like We are funded and empowered by the, the God of all, the God of the universe. And as Hebrews says, what shall we say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, for us all, how shall he not with them also freely give us all things? If we need it, he'll give it us, right? Like, if God's for Bethany, who can be against her? Nobody. Right? If God's for Sam, who's going to stand against him? Nobody. They might kill him and martyr him for what he says, but that's fine. He would be faithful with that, and the Lord would use that. But I think, guys, like, are we faithful with the gospel that we have been given? We've been given so much in the gospel and with the Spirit. And so as you guys leave here, go out and be faithful with it. And as I've seen people come through here and leave, and I look at their lives, and some of them like, oh, it, it, it breaks my heart that they would come here, be here for so long, and they throw aside the faith that they had. That they had so much. But yet, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the pleasures of sin, were, were more interesting to them, and more desirous than Christ. And like, what could be more exciting than to be called by the king of all kings, funded and empowered fully by him, 
and filled with him. Right? Like, if we had President Trump saying, hey, hey, listen, I'm going to give you a mission. I'm going to fund everything for you. I'm going to supply everything you need. And for f I'm going to go with you, too. We're like, whoo, that's fun. Let's go, right? <laughs> like, infinitely more that God goes with us and empowers us and infills us. Because we, we will have no excuses on, that, on the day of judgment when we stand before God if we weren't faithful and if we didn't do what he called to us. Because he's, he's promised that if we go out, we go in faith according to his will, he will fully supply all that we need. And guys, we might never see, might never see a lot of you again after you leave here in a few days. But may we meet in eternity knowing that we were faithful with what we've been given. Let's pray. God, it's our desire to live a life that's given to your control that's given to the direction of your spirit that Lord it's no longer my will it's no longer our will in our lives but it's your will it's what you want and you desire and Lord for those of us that aren't at that place Lord would you change our hearts so that our desires would become your desires and that it would no longer be what we want throughout the day but it's what do you want Lord Jesus Lord we've been given so much and we at so many times have been unfaithful with what you've given us Lord may we go out from this day forward being found faithful men and women with what you have given to us. Lord, that we wouldn't be so busy with life that we would forget what we're here for. But instead, Lord, that we would just be so busy with what we're here for and that we would see that you've called all of us to being a full-time ministry for you that our, our jobs might look differently and where we're at might look different, but that everything we're doing should be unto you. Oh Lord, may you do something in our midst and in th this body, Lord, that we would go out here and we would live different lives, Lord, that we wouldn't be content with the normal American Christian life, Lord but that we would be found faithful, Lord, that we would look different with even in our Christian culture today, Lord, that we would be different. Not because we want to be different, but because our lives are just living in a reality of your word, that we take your word for what it is and we believe it and we build our lives on it. Oh, Lord, thank you for your spirit that you give to us that's more than sufficient for what we need. Oh Lord, we want to live our lives so on that day when we stand before you, 
we would hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, we thank you that we get to be called your children, that you would call us out of our sin, that you would draw us to yourself, that you would save us from our sin. Lord, if that's all you would you did for us, Lord, a thousand tongues couldn't be enough to express our love for you and, and, and our gratitude for just doing that. Lord, you've done so much more than just saving us from the penalty of sin. You've given us so much that we get to be adopted as your sons and your daughters. We just thank you for this, Lord. Lord, may we be yielded and just given to you, Lord, what you want us to do with this, that we would be hearers and doers, not just hearers this morning of your word. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.